Welcome to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson. I'm Amanda Schager. Today on 30 Minutes, we'll hear excerpts from an April 2015 presentation convened by the YWCA Tucson as part of their ongoing community discussion on mass incarceration and how it affects our community. This session features formerly incarcerated Sue Ellen Allen, author of Slumber Party from Hell. This is part two of a multi-part series. Special thanks to Hilary Eshelman for recording this presentation. Here's Sue Ellen Allen. If you read articles, New York Times or anywhere that's about inmates, and you go down to the comments, you are going to say, well, what do you expect? They committed a crime, and they deserve to be there. And, you know, they deserve, they deserve everything they get, and they shouldn't have fresh food, and they shouldn't have, why do they have TVs? Well, they have TVs some, in Arizona. You can have a TV because it's a great babysitter. They don't care that you get to watch TV. It's just a good babysitter. Um, it also helps you prepare a little bit for the outside world. If you've been down for 10 or 15 years, and you get out, and you're, you're a guy with an anger issue, and you walk into McDonald's, and you order a soda, and the person behind the counter gives you an empty cup. What well, used to be? Used to be you got, they gave you the soda. So he is like, where the F is my soda? Right? And this twerp is giving me an empty cup. No, because nobody tells them there's a buffet over here if you go get your own. And I don't know if you've seen the new Coke machines where you push the buttons and, oh my gosh, Five Guys has them and somebody else. It just freaked me out. There's, uh, it's, it's incredible. And so many choices. I went into Whole Foods and I walked out because it was too many choices. And nobody prepares you for the choices. I had an ASU professor tell me that the, I don't know if this is true or not. I haven't looked for it online. But the average person makes 6,000 decisions a day. Am I going to wear earrings? Am I going to go barefoot? Am I going to wear this? What am, you know, what am I going to do with everything? And how am I going to drive to work? And Am I going to get gas for my car, and what am I going to eat? And, you know, all those millions of little and big things. Am I going to go to the bathroom now or later? And, you know, hmm. Um, so what are you going to do? The average inmate makes 600. And you walk out the gate just over a line, and you are assaulted with those decisions. And you have to find food stamps. And you have to, well, you have to find a job because you're going to your halfway house and your halfway house is charging you $120 to $150 a week. And what if you just have an eighth grade education? What if you're SMI, seriously mentally ill? What if you have these issues and you can't get a job? Now, we'll tell you that during, uh, that uh, telemarketing will hire anybody. They'll hire a dog that barks. And especially during... Um, campaign season. The Republicans and Democrats, oh, they're just going to hire. They are really hiring. But they'll hire you for a week, and then if you can't make a sale, you're out of there. So you can't pay your halfway house, and what are you going to do? After two or three weeks, they kick you out, and then you're on the street, and you have a violation, a parole violation. A parole violation, as Diane said, is not breaking a law. It's a parole violation. Now, you... You, somebody else, you're shaking your head back there a lot, so I know you're all sisters in orange. We're all sisters in orange. Should we be in this room together? 
Well, not according to not according to parole, you know. It's against the rules. It's against the rules. If you when you get a prison, you sign a a paper that says I will not associate with any ex felons, except you're going to a halfway house full of ex felons, and you have to go to AA meetings full of ex felons. But if Natalie and I, Natalie, you're an ex-felon for just this moment. I know you would never be in your whole life, but you are. Well, maybe. You've done some pretty shady things, I know. This is, this is a gal. She is one of the original feminists, honestly. If you want a feminist, she is one. And I'm so proud that she's on our leadership council. I just love you so much. And so we go to a, we go to a meeting, an AA meeting, and then Natalie has a car. And she says, come on, Sue Ellen, I'll drive you back to the halfway house. And we stop at McDonald's for a soda. We can get violated and sent back to prison for just that thing. Because that is a parole violation. Do you feel like you've fallen down the rabbit hole? I mean, how does that make sense on anybody's level? It doesn't. But that's the way it is. And there are so many of those rules. And so, okay, we both get sent back. And you get sent back for the rest of your sentence. Because in Arizona, you serve 85% of your sentence. And so you have 15% that they will they let you out on. And you go to a halfway house and you jump through all the hoops. So, okay, your, your sentence could be, the rest of your sentence could be three months. It could be six months. It could be a year. It could be two years. At $25,000 a year, and say it's a year, that costs you, the taxpayer, $25,000 because we violated our parole by riding in a car together. That's your tax dollar at work. Don't you love that? Now, the legislature in the 90s, not this group, but in the 90s, saw that 50% of all inmates going into prison had less than an eighth grade education. So they said, we're going to fix that. <laughs> You're laughing, yeah. We all laugh. So you, we're going to fix that. So they mandated, I think it's ARS 42 or 30, I don't know what it is, but you, you can find it. You could ask, send me an email, and I can find it. But, but I don't want to find it because it's, you know, it's work. <laughs> you find it. Anyway, it's, um, it says when you go into prison, the first few weeks you go into R&A. That's reception and assessment. Sounds like the Hilton, doesn't it? It's not the Hilton. But they test you on, like what they, it's like an AIMS test. It's testing you for your language skills, your reading skills, and your math skills. If you score below eight, six, two is sixth grade, second month. Three, nine is third grade, nine month. If you score below eight, it is mandated by the legislature, by law, they call it in prison mandatory education, that you go to those classes until you pass eight. Not 12, eight. And after you graduate from eight, they have a cap and gown, one, and they take your picture in it, and they give you a certificate that says, um, Mary Smith passed mandatory eighth grade education in Department of Corrections, which you really want to put on your wall, right? And, 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 it, and, and you can, what can you say with that? Do you want fries with that? because McDonald's will hire you. Maybe. I know Burger King does. So that is what happens. Now, after you graduate from eight, you then get to get a job. Your first jobs are 
breaking rocks because they have a lot of rocks. They're not big rocks, they're like pea gravel, and they keep it very tidy. Or you can go into the kitchen and you can wash dishes. Those are the jobs. They pay 10 cents an hour. Now, Department of Corrections takes 25% of that 10 cents an hour to pay your gate fee. And your gate fee used to be $50. Last year, they passed a law that it went up to 100 So they will take, I know, woo, they take 25% of that until it reaches 100 Now, DOC, if you're in there for a year or 10, DOC plays with that money. That money just waits for you until you get out. And then they give it to you on a Chase card or a Bank of America card, and each transaction costs you $3.70. Isn't that great? That should be illegal. Chase and there's no, there's no laws permitting this. Just makes me furious. And actually, there's just a thing in the paper about a lady in Tucson, because she doesn't have the right kind of phone. Her son is in prison, and she has a, he has a two-year-old that she's raising, and she wants to call every day to speak to daddy. And every day, a regular call would be, in like Phoenix or Tucson, would be $2.98 or $2. But because she doesn't have the right kind of phone, it's $7. And so, you know, and she doesn't have the money for that. So she's not able to keep in contact with the child, the child and the father. And who's getting the, cu the kickback? The phone company. The phone company and the prison. The prison gets a kickback on that too. So it's a money-making machine. Why do we have 42,000 inmates in Arizona? Massachusetts, Arizona, and Washington all have about 6.5 million people in our state, give or take. Massachusetts has an inmate population of 11,000. Washington has a population of 17,000. We have 42,000. And they are not undocumented. There are about 6,000 that are undocumented. The rest of them are, because they go to ICE. This is just who we're arresting. So many people on drug, drug things, drug violations. Everybody says, oh, they're murderers and rapists. Not so many. I think out of that, it's about 1,700 that are murderers and rapists. 15 to 17, I can't remember exactly. But it's not... It's drugs. Drugs are the issue. And we need to be drugs and, and uh, mental illness. My, the president of our board is here, Diane Bonderot in the back. She will give you, we have a prison 101 back there, and we have my book back there, and we have all that stuff back there. But Diane went to prison because she's bipolar. And SMI, and she was having an episode, and the judge said, well, I'm going to make an example of your lifestyle because she's gay. So isn't that great? And she did three years, so or two, you, you got three and you did, what, two and, two and a half. Um, <clears throat> thank God she works for Tina's team now because I couldn't live without her because she's brilliant. She has a master's degree in IT and uh, technology and uh, project management, but nobody wants to hire her because she's an ex-felon, except me. And she gets huge bucks. She gets $10 an hour, and I don't get anything. So, okay, so I'm going to tell you, you didn't tell me how long I could talk. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what we're doing, because this is very exciting. When I was in there, I saw that education is the deal. Education, not incarceration, is the cheapest form of crime prevention. And Arizona is number fifth in the country in incarceration. We're number one in the western states. But in the country, five, and we're 47th in the state in education. 
and the governor wants to cut the education budget. He's cut the education budgets more. He almost put 53 more million dollars into the uh, into the prison budget because Chuck Ryan says we need more private beds. But he, thank God, the legislature people were up in arms about that, so it didn't happen. Thank goodness. Um, so I wanted to start a program when I got out that dealt with education. Now our organization is called Gina's Team because my one of one of my early cellmates was Gina Panetta. She was 25 years old. You'll see information about her back there. She got sick one day. I'm battling cancer. I'm gonna. I want to die. She's 50, she's 25 and she collapses one day and in two months she was dead. When they finally took her to the hospital, when they finally did a blood test, I mean she was so sick and in so much pain. Her parents called. Everybody called. Please give our daughter a blood test. No, she's getting appropriate treatment. That's the word they like to use, appropriate treatment. She, her white blood count when they got to the hospital was 300,000, and her red blood count was zero. She had myeloid leukemia, and her body was shutting down. From the day she collapsed to the day she died, it was two months. And I held this child in my arms and said the Lord's Prayer in the 23rd Psalm over and over. She was too weak to climb to her bunk. And they, I kept saying, you have to do something, you have to do something. If you don't shut up, Alan, we're going to send you to the hole. Oh, my God, the hole sounded terrible. But I couldn't shut up because something terrible was happening. You're listening to Remarks Made by Sue Ellen Allen, author of Slumber Party from Hell on 30 Minutes, 91.3 KXCI Tucson. So Gina's team, her parents and I formed this when I got out in Gina's memory. And we bring, we really want to work with, we really focus on women. If we had money, more money, any money, we would go to the men's prison too. And uh, we'd love to be down here because I know the warden out here and, and she knows me and we work together really well and she likes our programs. But right now it's women. So we've collaborated with Athena International. They're a 33-year-old organization that has awards for women all over the country who are incredible leaders. And they have a model, a leadership model. And this is the model that we teach in the prison. Live authentically. You know, if you've been an addict for so long, you've been lying to everybody and yourself. So that's the first thing, live authentically. Learn constantly. It's hard to do in a prison. You don't have room to, you know, you don't, can't go to an email, but I, but internet, but you know, I tell them those 100-year-old encyclopedias have got some good stuff in them. Advocate fiercely and act courageously. We put those two together to talk about courage. What does it mean to walk away from a fight in prison? Oh, you get called a punk and, you know, a lot of bad things, but it's real courage. And we, we give them uh, uh, tools, little tests to find out what their values are and what their purpose and what their passion is and how they can direct that to make a difference in the world. And then we combine foster collaboration and build relationships. They're not allowed to do that in prison. But you have to learn to work together. And so they get out and they have to learn to work with people. So we're teaching them how to do that. Then we say give back. Give back. We've never thought about giving back before. But give back. And we give them an exercise to do about naming, they work together in groups, name a, uh, create a, a, a 501c, create a nonprofit, 
and then this is the money you get and what are you going to do and what's your mission statement and all that. They are so excited by it because they've never thought that they could do something like that. And then the last one is celebrate. Celebrate your traditions. And we teach them how to do a mission statement and we have this last thing and we have a graduation. They get a nice certificate, pretty certificate. And we actually are allowed to bring in veggie trays from Costco. And they are so excited. They said, you know how long it's been since I've seen a snow pea or a tomato or a piece of broccoli? And they, are, they just cry. They're so excited. So we have now been teaching this class for three, three, since 2011. We have graduated 500, about 510 women. We have 334, 348 who have gotten out. She keeps the stats. And only 17 have gone back. We have a 6% recidivism. We're real, thank you, because we're really proud of that. We also have, for the graduates of the program, a book club. We're sponsored by Penguin Books and Random House and Ballantine Books, and they send books, and we have volunteers that go in, and they uh, facilitate these books, and we try to collect, collab um, connect the characters with those principles and with them, their own stories. They didn't want to read uh, Memoirs of a Geisha because it was about some Japanese lady. And I said, oh, funny thing, that Japanese lady was sold into sexual slavery when she was three years old and controlled her whole life. You might learn something. Oh, okay. They loved it. They loved it. So that's another thing we do. We have a speaker series. Six times a year we have speakers go in. I've had an Olympic gold medalist, a congresswoman, a judge, a New York Times bestseller, a laughter coach. She's gone back twice because she was really popular. No laughing in prison. It's not very popular. There. If you're laughing, they're wondering what the heck you're doing. Um, and so we have, and we have a gavel club, which is a part of Toastmasters International, because if you aren't comfortable, see, how many people in here don't have an opinion? Yeah, right? Everybody has an opinion. So if you have an opinion, you need to be able to get comfortable with a microphone telling people about it. And I know in Tucson you all are, because you're activists down here. So, but most people would rather die than hold a microphone, you know, and give a speech. Okay, so this is going on. We, I just gave a speech at Thunderbird, and Thunderbird liked it, and they recommended us to the Clinton Global Initiative for America. I know. Isn't that incredible? It's, it meets in Denver in June. So we, this just happened like three weeks ago. Cost three thousand dollars. If anybody would like to take a little envelope, we are collecting money to pay for the for the trip. Um, but uh, we are also partnering. We're doing. We're taking the inside program, and we're the only people going to this huge thing that are doing something prison related. So we, our commitment, the commitment sheet is twenty four pages long. It's like a business plan, and it's. I mean, it is so hard. It's daunting. But we've started on it. We've gotten it to them, and they're, you know, it goes back and forth. So we are partnering with Thunderbird because they have an awesome entrepreneurial uh, software program that teaches people to be entrepreneurs. Now, who better to be an entrepreneur than a former drug dealer who knows all about inventory and customer service and, you know, managing people, or somebody that's danced in a strip joint because they know all that stuff too, you know? They're great entrepreneurs. So we love this. They have to make it a standalone program because inmates are not allowed to go on the internet, but they're going to do that. 
But we, I had lunch with uh, Judge Chuck Pyle today, who is fantastic, by the way. You guys are so lucky to have him. Oh, my gosh. Um, I mean, I just want to take him home with me. He's just fantastic. And Diane, too. She said, I love him. I said, I love him, too. He's so bright, and he cares about this issue. And so he's having a job fair in August. And we're, I've got to call Thunderbird and say, you're coming to this job fair, and we're going to show them this program because we would love to partner with you down here. And we're also partnering with the city of Phoenix. I'm meeting with the mayor's office on Friday and because we want to be able to partner with companies that will uh, provide paid apprenticeships for our graduates getting out. So they will be able to pay the rent at their halfway house, and they will be able to buy their bus passes, and they will be able to do those things and become job, I mean, taxpayers rather than tax burdens. That is our goal. And our goal for Clinton is, Clinton Global Initiative, is to do four jobs a month. That's 48 jobs a year. That's a million two hundred thousand dollars in tax savings for people that don't go back. So that's our, that's what we're doing. We need a lot of help. We need, you know, I'm speaking everywhere I can, anybody that will listen to me. We're so excited. Isn't that an incredible opportunity? I mean, I, my husband died a year ago, and I'm sitting there feeling sorry for myself and going, I can't do this. This is too hard, and he's not here. And, you know, it was really a pathetic moment because I teach people how to be strong and do things, but, you know, we all have our pathetic moments. You're allowed. Just don't wallow in it forever. It just, you know, you're allowed like two hours or 20 minutes or something for pathetic, and then you have to get up and keep putting your one foot in front of the other. And if you have a problem, send me an email because they're back there. And I'll say, okay, you two hours. And like, but after my husband died, all I wanted to do was lay in bed and watch old movies. And I mean old, Cary Grant, Shirley Temple old. That's all I wanted to do. And my friends who love me said, that's okay, Sue Ellen. You can do that. So we're, but I know this is like a gift from David and Gina. This is the most incredible gift that we have received. And we're going to make it happen. We are going to do it. I, I'm not sure how it's all coming together yet. We need a lot of help. And I, I don't know if you've heard three things today that you're going to take away and some things that you're doing. We are looking for like churches and things that want to send uh, get greeting cards or pen pal with inmates because it, when you get out, the best thing you can do is surround yourself with people like you in this room. So we have a list that we put out, and we're happy to share that list. And you can pick somebody and write to them or just send them cards at Christmas and New Year's and birthdays and holidays because a lot of people don't get mail. And to get a card is fantastic, just a plain card, nothing with music or little computer chips, and they, they don't like glitter because women take the glitter and put it in their hair and try to make themselves pretty. No, no glitter, but send glitter <coughs> uh, because, you know. If you get a, and magazine subscriptions are really great, and the magazine subscriptions with um, perfume strips, oh, they are fabulous. Everybody likes perfume strips. And then, is that right? Isn't that right? Perfume strips. And because you go like this, and you smell a little good for a little while, you know, about 10 minutes, and, and you're so excited. One time while I was there for about three months, they were, the, the mail room was tearing out all the perfume strips. They were going through every magazine. 3,900 women, they were going through every magazine tearing out the perfume strips. Really? Don't you have anything better to do with your time? Seriously. And by the way, you're only allowed to own 10 books and 5 magazines. 
because and if uh, Natalie here wants to read this book that I have, I cannot lend it to Natalie because that's bartering and trading. I can't give it to her. I can't lend it to her. I can send the book back to the person who gave it to me. I can donate it to the library, or they can throw it away. But it's on my property, and that's all you can do. Well, we we lend anyway. You know, women are lenders. We like to, you know, we do that stuff. Women do that stuff. But it's against the rules. And no hugging. No hugging. I don't care if your grandchild just died or, you know, somebody's been run over or somebody failed a class. No hugging. Well, we hug anyway. But you just try not to be seen because you get a ticket. So did you learn something? Are you going to do something? Because don't just, you know, talk about something. No. Do something. And for us, doing something, there's a list back there of things you can do. As simple as friending us on Facebook and liking us, liking us. It's like Gina's team and like Sue Ellen because I have a public page now. I had so many friends on my private page and most of them I didn't know. Yes? Oh, my website is Sue Ellen Allen at Gina's, at Sue Ellen Allen dot com and my, and Gina's team is Gina's team dot org and it's all back there and my book is The Slumber Party from Hell and you know, some of you probably want to know about Orange is the New Black. The book is, the book is accurate. The TV show is not. It's sexed up for Hollywood. But, you know, anyway, I thank you so much for having me. I just appreciate what a great audience you were. And thank you. You've been listening to Remarks Made at an April 2015 presentation convened by the YWCA Tucson as part of their ongoing community discussion on mass incarceration and how it affects our community. This session features formerly incarcerated Sue Ellen Allen, author of Slumber Party from Hell. This has been part two of a multi-part series. Special thanks to Hilary Eshelman for recording this presentation. I'm Amanda Schager. Thank you for listening to 30 Minutes on 91.3 KXCI Tucson.